We're going to look at a, a carol this, this morning, page number 390 in your hymn books, as it came upon a midnight clear. We want to look at a carol. I got to tell you that Christmas music is just, and I can't explain this. I can't explain it. Other than the source of what we talked about this morning in the service, the joy of the original Christmas has shown so strongly through the years that it has inspired a host of people. And you would think that there would be tons of Easter music. There is not. There is a very limited amount of Easter music. Uh, Christmas is just this. Choir sings 20 every year, and uh, we haven't scratched all that there is out there. We scratch quite a few, but not all of them. But there's a tremendous amount, and the only thing I could say is that the joy of it is so flooded uh, things that. And this this is an American carol. There's a lot of our carols come from Europe. Silent Night is German, okay? First Noel is a French song. Uh, but when we come to this one, it's Edmund Sears. You can see his name up there uh, at the top and the left. Uh, 1810 through 1876, which means he lived through the Civil War, all right? He lived through the Civil War, and that will show itself here shortly. But when I'm playing Christmas music on my... Uh, radio, or when I'm listening to it at home, I just get filled up. Pretty soon I got tears coming out of my eyes because these songs are just fabulous. And uh, Kate, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and occasionally it is so thought provoking that it just, hmm, I love it. I love things that are thought provoking. Here's one of these carols that's really thought-provoking. And you said, you sang it all the time and didn't provoke any of my thoughts. Well, I'm going to provoke them right now. We're going to provoke your thoughts. And here we go. It came upon a midnight clear. I'm going to stop right there because this fella wrote another carol. How many people know Calm on the Listening Ear of Night? See? <laughs> it used to be in all the hymn books. Come on the listening ear of night, come having melodious strains, where wild Judea stretches far her silver mantle plains. Celestial choirs from courts above shed sacred glories there, and angels with their sparkling lyres make music on the air. The reason it's out of your book is they assigned a lousy melody to it. All right? He wrote the words, great words. They give it a lousy melody, it disappears. It came by midnight clear. It's got a beautiful melody, and so it survives. The same theme this guy wrote about angels coming down and singing. And so he takes the very same theme up in this one that we're about to look at. It came upon a midnight clear. What does he say? That glorious song of old. From angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men, from heaven's all gracious king. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Obviously it came at night, and so they are silent. The whole world is silent, and the angels come down. And it says, they sang, right? 
No, it doesn't. Take a look at it. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 13. And suddenly, this is what the song is about, this act. Suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill, torment. It does not say they sang. It doesn't say that. The song says it. Matter of fact, Hundreds of songs sing. Hark the herald angels sing, right? Angels from the realms of glory. Ye who sang creation's story. Now proclaim angels we have heard on high. What? Sweetly singing o'er the plains. Everything that we wrote says they sang except for the Bible. Doesn't say they sang. So did they or didn't they? Did they sing it or did they say it? And that's the question when we come to a song like this. Is this a correct reflection of what happened? All right. Um, It says they were praising God and saying, you can say something in a song. So it doesn't necessarily say that they didn't sing. But the question is, do we think they did or not? How many people vote that they sang? Why do you vote that way? That's what you want to believe. It's very simple. Uh, uh, you can say glory to God in the highest, or you can sing glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Heavenly angels announce his arrival in the little town of Bethlehem. Which one do you like better? Everybody likes music better, right? Everybody likes music better. And here, uh, the world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. So did they sing? All right? Did they sing? It says he touched their harps of gold. Do angels have golden harps? Well, there's something that we call poetic... Poetic license. Poetic license means I have the right to make a little extension. So I can be colorful and not be out. And so do angels have golden hearts? We have no way of knowing that. They might very well. Uh, I don't know if gold makes good harps or not. <laughs> Best ones I've ever seen are wooden. All right, wouldn't make better than gold, I would think. But <clears throat> I'm not going to argue that point. Did they sing? I would. I'm going to give you the reason that I think they sang. All right, the reason I think that they sang. <clears throat> Zephaniah, Zephaniah. Y'all know where that book is, right? In the little minor prophets, uh, there is one called Zephaniah. Now, Zephaniah is before Haggai, if you're going backwards. And this is a verse that our children learned from Vera and Annabelle to sing. 
The verse in Zephaniah became a song. And it says something in it that convinces me that the angels sang. Here it is. Zephaniah, you're all there, chapter 3, last chapter, verse 17. You'll know this when you hear it. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. God sings when he's happy. I bet you that's a song you want to hear. Huh? Now here's the shocking part. He looks at you and you and you and it makes him sing. <laughs> if I had to write a song about me, I don't know what it would come out like. But God looks at us and he's so happy and he's so joyful that the best expression of it is song. And where did music come from? How did humans ever get to be able to have the ability to make music? Birds, right? They were made to sing. They only sing one song. A couple of them sing two songs. They don't sing a lot of songs. You can sing all kinds of stuff. You can make all kinds of music because God intended us to use the instrument. This is a musical instrument. To use the instrument for him. So he's singing over us. What? We're singing back. If you really want to make God happy, sing to him. You know, just think about it. And sings, my soul, my savior God to thee. He'd love to hear that from you. So I don't think there's much question that they sang. I'm in agreement with our author here. Uh, he believes that they came down and they sang peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Uh, I sang you a little one that's a southern gospel thing. Handel's Messiah also has it in there, which thrills me down to the bone when I hear it. Uh, and peace on earth. Beautiful, beautiful music. And I don't think there's any question that the angels sang. I don't think we need to argue the point. So let's go on to verse 2. Still through the cloven skies, opening skies, they come with peaceful wings unfurled. And still their heavenly music floats over all the weary world. Now here's some of that poetic extension. He says they're still singing. They come down through to our dimension and they're singing over the earth. Above its sad and lowly plains, they bend on hover, hovering wing and ever over its babble sounds, the blessed angels sing. You know what babble means? You heard of the Tower of Babel, right? What happened at the Tower of Babel? Everybody's language got confused. And so they all got together, all speaking ever since the beginning of time. Humans had one language. And they all spoke one language and they made big plans. They tried to build a tower to heaven and God said, I'm sick of that attitude. We'll fix it this way. And all of a sudden, this guy's speaking German. This guy's speaking French. This guy's speaking something else. We can't understand each other. And so it becomes babble or confusion. 
I like the word confusion there. Ever over its confusing sounds. That sounds like more like today, doesn't it? It's confusion out in the world. We don't know what to say. I talked to the police again this week. And uh, he said, we don't, we don't know what to say. We don't know what to say. He said, it's confusion. And it is. It's confusion. Ever. We live in a confusing world. And he said, now the angels are coming and they're singing that song. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And what are we doing? Babble. Confusion. So in a confusing world, there's a song being sung over our heads, he says. And we need to pay attention to that song. Right now, we go to verse 3, but that's not verse 3 in your book. Verse 3 is left out of your book. So is verse 4. There are five verses to this song, and they cut out two of them, which personally I think are the best two. <laughs> Why do they do that? I don't know. They think a song should only have four verses, and so they cut one off, and then they say, well, let's make it shorter. So we cut another one off, and they cut the two best ones out. So... I get in my collection, I have a large collection of hymn books. There's a hymn book for you. Oh, that's old. That's the Methodist hymn book. The writing in the front is October 19, 1891, which is right after Mr. Sears died. And so this is a pretty old one. And uh, it's a in those days, there's no music. It's only words. Everybody knew the music in their head, so they sang. And you do the same thing. There's not one of you out there that's reading the music. <laughs> you're not reading music. You're just singing along, right? None of you say, oh, that was a quarter step off. No, you, don't. you just sing along. You don't need the music either. Uh, but back then, they wanted more verses, and so they left the music out. And so here's an old book, and it's got the missing verses in. Here's verse 3. <clears throat> now, remember, Edmund Sears lived through the Civil War. He wrote this song two years before the Civil War started. So obviously things are stirring up, and there's a lot of anger, a lot of hatred. People in the South are against the people in the North. People like Lincoln is getting up and making speeches all over uh, for freedom. And there's a lot of struggle and strife. Here's verse 3. With the woes of sin and strife. Ah. Two things that go together. Sin and strife. You think that strife just stands by itself. No. Sin and strife go together. If you're in a lot of strife, somewhere there's sin. All right? So with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. And he's about to be on the verge of civil war. He knows what he's talking about. Beneath the angel's strain, or the angel's song, have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. So the men have been wrong ever since 
Christ was born. People have been wrong about it. And man at war with man hears not the love song which they bring. Hush the noise, ye men of strife. Hear the angels sing. Boy, I'd like to get that message out today. When you stop, stop, stop. Stop the strife. Stop the struggle. And listen to that song. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. Stop, he says. If you just stop. Of course, they won't stop. Men didn't stop there. They went into war. And they did it again. And they had the war to end all wars. And then a couple years later, they did that again. They've been doing that ever since the beginning of time, fighting and struggling. And he says, if you just get the message, that's not what God wants. The continual strife that we live in, and that we've had an exaggerated amount of it just lately. All right? We have seen a lot of it. He says, if you would only stop. That's a heart cry from this wonderful fellow. He was a preacher. He preached here in America. He went to Europe, and everywhere he went, he filled the churches. They loved to hear him. And uh, he preached this message. Please, will you stop? Will you listen? No more strife. That's a heartfelt message. Why they left that one out, I don't know. That's the best one so far. Verse 4 is not in there either. This is in a few books. It's not in ours. And this one really looks good right now too. And you beneath life's crushing load whose forms are bending low. How you doing with this world? Is it kind of weighting you down? Oh. Who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. Sometimes, to be perfectly honest with you, Christmas time is a burden. Sometimes there's a tremendous amount of work to do. Sometimes we're spending hours and hours doing everything we can to please people around us. And we pour our hearts and souls into us. And we get pretty tired. It's a crushing load. We can feel it, and we're kind of getting slower as we go. (laughs) I used to never slow down. I got to slow down once in a while. Look now, he says, for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. Oh, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. Will you take a break? And rest. Well, what am I supposed to do when I got a lot of work to do? Take a break and rest, he says. Sit down for a minute and listen to that song. What's the song? Peace on earth, goodwill to men, God and sinners reconciled, joyful. All you nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with the angelic host. What did Jesus say about that? I think the best thing ever said, one of the things that I use more than any other thing that Jesus said was this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you 
rest. Take my yoke on you. I always tell this story because I think it's appropriate. Take my yoke on you. There's a yoke. You take two oxen, you yoke them together, all right? One around the one shoulder, one around the next shoulder, you're gonna pull together, right? So you figure we're working together, we're pulling together, gonna do our best to carry the load together. Jesus said, I'm gonna put my yoke on you. Come on. That's the best news I ever heard, because a long time ago, we were driving down Fletcher Chapel Road, and we turned and went down South Woods Road and turned onto what's Tibbetts Road down there. I had four young gentlemen in the car with me. There's a little tiny sports car with one wheel way over in the ditch, way over. There's a lady. She came around a car, spinned over in the icy road. She's down in the ditch with one car sideways. So it's four of us. I said, fellas, we're going to pick this car out of the ditch and set it back on the road. So let's go. Ready? So we all got on it. Here we go. One, two, three. We picked up the car and we set it back on the road. We got in the car and I'm going, oh, man. And the guy next to me is going, that almost killed me. And another guy in the back said, Wow but we did it. And the fourth guy said, that was nothing to me. (laughs) He didn't pick up on that car. There's three of us that picked the car up. He just got under there and he said, I'll do the grunting, you know, and he didn't do nothing. If his back wasn't aching and his muscles didn't cry out in pain, he didn't pick that car up. He was yoked with us. We picked up the burden. And he lifted the car up. It got done. Jesus Christ said, I'm going to yoke with you. You come next to me. I got handle. I can handle this. He's going to pick that load up and carry it. And you're going to find yourself a whole lot lighter of a burden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. You shall find rest unto yourself. When you're in that weary road that he's talking about, and you're worn out, you sit down, you rest, and hear peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. That's a good verse, too. I shouldn't have left that one out either. Because all of us, sooner or later, get overloaded, going to get tired, going to get weary. And we go to Jesus Christ, and he says, come on with me. I'll pick up the car. You come on. I'll show you. You get hooked up with me. And that's what makes you able to go. And I can say that by experience. You can keep going. Why? Because he's there carrying the load with you. This is a great Christmas carol, is it? Now the last verse. For lo, the days are hastening on by prophets seen of old, when with the ever-circling years shall come the time foretold. All right, he says the prophets have made a prediction that there's something special coming. When peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling, 
And the whole world send back the song which now the angels sing. I think that's as the best poetry almost in most any Christmas carol. When peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling. Spread it out. Peace is going to be all over the world. Now it comes from Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. There's a promise. This is what he's singing about in the last verse. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born. That's the baby Jesus. Unto us a son is given. That's Jesus. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. That's not Jesus when he was on earth. The government was not on his shoulders. That's when he comes the second time. So he says the baby that came the first time, a child born, a son given, is going to come back. All right. And when he does, the government shall be on his shoulders. He's going to take over the government. Happy day, happy day, happy day. He's going to fix the mess. Step down here and I'm going to show you how it's done and the government is going to be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He's going to bring peace to this earth like we've never experienced. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. It's going to be more and more and more peaceful until you can't even imagine how peaceful it's going to be. No strife. No sin. He's going to take over and take us to a place. And that's why he says, the days are hastening on when the ever shall come the time for toll. What time? When peace comes. Over all the world, this angel's splendors fling. And then the world will finally, for the first time, get it. And they'll echo back, what? Peace on earth. Peace on earth. These angels sing peace on earth. Nobody's listening. Now he said they're going to echo back peace on earth. Yeah, that's right. Echo back peace on earth. The song the angels sing. So won't that be a grand day when Jesus Christ brings peace? And the explanation of it in the Bible it says that they will take their weapons and beat them into plowshares. And all the energy of uh, economies that are spent on making weapons and bombs and planes and all the things that we make is all going to turn into food production. And, this, and the desert will bloom and the world will be just magnificent, a time of growth and development as we take the energy of our lives and finally quit fighting and turn it into peace. That's a wonderful, wonderful promise that comes from that original promise, peace on earth. This is what he came to bring us. So enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. You can still enjoy it even though the rest of the world doesn't. You can hear the song, peace on earth. You don't have to be deaf to it. You can hear it and have it among our church and among our families and among our friends and relatives. Peace on earth, the blessed angels sing. Thank you.